A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, happy Saturday, everybody. Happy Saturday, Dan, Altina, Haley Johnson. Happy, happy Saturday. Saturday, Dan. Yeah, Haley's got this wide eyed look right now behind the mic. She just stuffed a bagel. Bagel? <laughs> Did I say that right? No, again. I still said it wrong. Well, bagel. you said it right the second time. Bagel. Yeah. Bagel. Good grief. Yeah, before we go on air, Haley brings bagels. There you go. Here. And I said, "Oh, bagels!" And I got I instantly like, what did trounced you just upon. Say? Right. <laughs> you too. It was like a pile on. I awful, haven't seen I'm sure. passion like that. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things happening in the world, and it's just kind of ho hum. Somebody says bagel the wrong way. I would think that an English major, you know, host of a radio show <laughs> would know how to speak properly. I would think somebody who's listened to this radio show would know I don't. All right. <laughs> Back on you. Anyway, so yeah, I get ready to go, and Haley just stuffs what? You took a big bite out of your bagel, and I hit bagel. go. And, bagel, yeah. bagel. Right, anyway, are you ready to go? I'm ready, yeah. All right. So I we swallowed it. got lots of fun stuff planned for today. That mm-hmm. little intro was only just part of all the fun that we've got. Dan's got a phone call he's taking. <laughs> all kinds of stuff going on. We're going to be talking at the end of the show about tire pressure. Riveting which, stuff. I know. Man, we got to work on the titles. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a really exciting way to explain that. But the thing is, it is good. It's very practical. And there's a lot of little things that we're going to talk about that Maybe probably don't know. Most people probably aren't aware of. Exploding of tires. Oh, yes. <laughs> we could take it to the point where we'll never actually fulfill fill that but yeah we can use Create that the expectation the yeah. yeah we'll be talking about that we'll be in the studio with kevin herman from benjamin moore talking about scuff a great product from benjamin moore that everybody needs to know yeah, about Yeah, it's like magic super cool stuff and we'll also be talking about how to decorate a north-facing exposure you know a room that faces north sometimes people struggle trying to get the right colors in an area like that Indeed. we'll help you figure out what's going on and how to get what you want but Sounds right, great, Dan. Yeah, exactly. See, I told you. Yeah. Great stuff. See, I told you. But right now, let's talk about, the. All, we got all this snow outside. I've right. got a dog, and I still have to walk the dog. Because if you don't do that, they go to the potty inside. Not preferred. No, no. that's definitely not. Unless they use the toilet. Can you train her to use the toilet? <laughs> you can do that with a cat. Yeah. Barely got I've the kids to figure yeah. that part out. So I don't know if I can start with... I'm sorry, children. <laughs> they're all older now, so it's, that's going to be tough at high school. <laughs> Maybe their friends don't listen. Anyway, no, I can't do that. But I do worry because you bring the dog outside. We've got ice melt on yeah. the driveway. The county salt comes the is street. always throwing the salt on the street. Their poor little paws, it burns them, it's right? Actually, like they can get chemical burns. They can get chemical burns from the snow out there. So if we're out walking our dogs, doing the things we need to do, or our cats, or our hamsters, or whatever pet you might be walking, <laughs> you want to make sure you take care of some of these things and just be aware. So yeah, the, the salt on their paws could cause burns. But it can also just be something that clumps up in their fur, and then they right. eat it when they get in the house. And right. They ingest too much. They lick too much. It can make them sick. It actually, if they get too much of it, could all it could be, be fatal. really dangerous. Yeah. Right. So what do we do? How do we get around it? I'd say one of the best ways are those little booties that they put on their paws. How many dogs uh, do you have, Dan? And have you had? I haven't had a dog since I was in you know middle school. <laughs> they probably didn't have booties back then. I would love to know how that's worked out for you. Because my dog, yes, I agree with you. I'm making fun, but. 
getting them to wear them is a real right. They pain don't in the like neck. that. They don't like that. I'm sure. But cats you is mentioned even worse. that there's a wax that you can put on their paws that you use on your dog's paws. Right. If you can't get them to wear the booties, if you can. You're Fine. probably golden. Yeah. Get them a little vest that matches <laughs> oh and they'll be dapper as they stroll <laughs> the salt strewn sidewalks. Anyway. Yeah. Musher's Secret is a, a wax that we bought and it's something that mushers use. Uh-huh. Yeah, mushers. That's where the name Sled comes dogs. from. Yeah, exactly. So you know it's good. That's super cool. Anyway. Yeah. It's a bunch of natural, natural waxes that we can put on their paws. We just rub it on. Maggie's paws, for example, and before we go outside, you only apply it a few times. You know, it, it's not like every day. Every time you bring them out, it's how just, much you know, do you have to put on? Not much. You don't want to overdo it because that could lead to some problems. You know, maybe staining or marking up oh, some okay. areas in the gotcha. house. But if it's applied correctly, not it's over. not going to no have issues. any That's issues. That's pretty at cool all. stuff, actually. Right, and it will repel or allow them to resist getting those ice clumpy buildup and things like that between their toes and stuff like that. Cool. We call them toes, don't we? Yeah. Their little appendages. Toe pads. Yeah, Toe yeah. Pads. All of that. So musher secret, that's great. Also, just if you get in, make sure that you rinse off their feet and dry their feet. Do all of that. Another thing to, to consider before we end this segment and move on to the next is there are pet safe ice melts out there. But the problem is they're really not all Very as good safe. as they claim. <laughs> well, no, I can't say that they're all not that way, but there's the potential that it's right. Okay. How do you know? Well, there's a number of ways. <laughs> if First, you read the back and it says not safe for children, maybe take a second look. Yeah. Keep looking. Find something else. If the back of it says keep away from your skin, another sign. That's right. probably not going to be great for the pets. If it has sodium chloride in it, keep looking. If it doesn't give you a list of ingredients, keep, keep looking. looking. But you could also just ask your vet, right? Sure, Haley. You could go that way. <laughs> <And> that sounds <laughs> that, like the most efficient way to seems me. Seems <laughs> awfully smart. Yeah. Okay. I like to explore. You know, I like the adventure of learning. Fair but yes, enough. Or you could just or do I could it just that ask way. for the answer. <laughs> exactly. But just be aware if you're buying Pet Safe Ice Melt because it says Pet Safe Ice Melt, it still could be a concerning thing. So, And even if you're using it, though, the county isn't necessarily using the right ice melt for your pets. So I think that wax is still probably necessary if you're walking them around a neighborhood. Or the right. booties. The booties, yeah, the, the booties. wax, all of these different things. Just be aware of it. You want to take care of their little paws. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be in the studio with Kevin Herman talking about Scuff X. It's just a really cool product and you need to know about it. Definitely. That's all next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. Haley and I are in the studio with the ever excitable Kevin Herman from How Benjamin doing? Moore. Hey, Kevin. How are, How are you? you? <laughs> good. Haley. Hello. Yeah. Kevin, you've been on the show before, uh-huh. and you're always a little nervous. That's because you edit things in a way that makes me sound like I'm insane or something. No, I have. <laughs> no, that yes. is not true. I have yes. sent you joke recordings where I have done Those that. were jokes? You didn't realize that? You thought no. I aired that? Yes. <laughs> oh, That's amazing. I'm really sorry. Oh, my gosh. Huh. 
Wow. I'm yeah. surprised you even came. No, I've actually heard people who know you come back and say, he sounded so smart. What happened? And See, I said, it's this is editing. what I expected. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you're our territory rep. I am. I have worked with you for probably close to 14 years, I would think. Yeah, it's been a long time. And you've known Haley a little bit, yeah. right? Because you both yeah. worked at Benjamin mm-hmm. Moore. Yeah, she was over at Benjamin Moore, and then she jumped ship. And, yeah, yeah and after I met boy. him. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be like that in 30 years. <laughs> 30 years of doing yeah. this, selling paint for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a lot of stuff, right? I think so, yes. Yeah, you've lived through a lot of different things. And one of the things that I want to talk about is Scuff-X. It's a paint from Benjamin Moore, and we've talked about it on the show a number of times. And it's because it's my favorite thing to use. Yeah, I it's kind of incredible. Absolutely love Scuff-X. And I always get worried that when we talk about it, it sounds so infomercially, and I really don't mean it to, but it's just one of those products that... It sounds you, too good to be true. It does. Right, yeah. right because the, the big claim is that it's going to resist scuffs unlike anything else mm-hmm. out there. And we're talking anything else out there. Epoxies. Yep. Right. Pre-cat epoxies. Crazy everything. expensive yeah. products, products you've got to mix two parts together, products that have a pot life. Once you mix them, you got to use them, or what's mixed is going to Turn harden. into a boat anchor. Yeah. Right. All of those things. There's all of these competitive products out there, in a sense, and Scuff-X, just a regular paint in, in that regard. It's just single component. Yep. Applies like regular paint. You can recoat it like regular paint. Yeah. And it outperforms all of these other things. I mean, you've made sample boards mm-hmm. that we thought are so fun to demonstrate yeah. because you put one product on one side, a competitive product. Yeah, I like to use competitors. Yeah, that's yeah. always better. Yeah. And the we've had some of these things in the store for a year or two, and one side of the board is completely abused, and the other side looks nice and clean, and we're not doing anything to clean it. We're just letting it happen. It's really interesting, because yeah. we've, we've got the little tool that we use that creates scuffs. Yeah, it's just you know. a staple puller. Yeah, it's we could easy. We could use shoes find. and yeah. stuff, but mm-hmm. everybody kind of... That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, well, they I'll up. just go around and kick stuff. Yeah, yeah, you could kick stuff. Every time I pull my shoe off to do that, there's... <laughs> well, <laughs> mine, the o- there is no odor at all. I mean, if there is an odor, it's pleasant. But most people, when they pull their shoe off, and there's a stench. tiny feet, too. I hope that's... <laughs> tiny little feet. <laughs> Do it's like Thumbelina. I'm tipt- yeah, it's like I'm tiptoeing wherever I go. No, that's my whole foot. Well, why do you gotta say that? I guess I deserve it, didn't I? <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> anyway, more. yeah, we've got this little yeah. staple puller, and we'll try to scuff up the board. Well, actually, what's really fun is you give it to the customer, the contractor, yeah. yep. whoever you're talking to, and say, go ahead. And they end up, you know, they'll rub it on one side of the board that has the competitive product, and it'll mark. You get this nice black mark. And then it hits the scuff X side and just quits entirely. Yeah. And then they start pressing really hard, and they'll actually dent the drywall. They'll put grooves in the drywall on the scuff X because they're trying to get it to scuff. And it's just a groove with clean paint. Yeah. Wow. It's weird. Yeah. So what makes it different, Kevin? Can you tell us? I don't know. You don't even know what no, makes it different. No, they won't tell us. We've heard of a lot of products out there since ScuffX mm-hmm. that are the new ScuffX, right? We oh, hear about our competitors keep coming out with yeah. this, yeah. The, and we haven't seen that play out yet, have and burned. Nope, nope. In fact, I, I think I dropped off a couple of sample boards with you with competitors' products that are supposedly ScuffX um, competitive. Oh, so those samples have the 
their version of scuff axe. Yep, that's okay. what they're touting as being scuff resistant. One of them is even labeled as their scuff resistant paint. All right, and yeah. and it's still scuff axe still outperforms. Oh that. my gosh, it's not it's it's not even close. Yeah, and you huh. can get that in a matte finish mm-hmm. as well as in matte well, eggshell, satin, and semi gloss. Right, so even the matte will outperform. Mm-hmm. Other Still shinier paints, so you can get yeah. a mat on your walls. I don't know. I think this sounds like witchcraft, <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't. It really does work, and that's what's yeah. so fun about it. And it prices out like other paint. No, it's really incredible. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I love talking to stores about it. I even like went into an Ace once when I was working with Benjamin Moore. I was like, "You guys, I really think should carry Scuffex. It's really great." Here's why. I went over to the wall and I kicked the wall and said, "Uh." Well, that wasn't supposed to mark it that much. <laughs> so you put a huge I, mark on their wall? A huge mark. I just went over to the wall and kicked it. And he's like, did you just Is scuff that a- my wall? I was That's like, a great well, sales technique. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go that far. But if you had scuff X, it wouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, Kevin, you can use that, right? You don't. Have yeah, that. rather than bring in a sample board, just scuff their wall. Because now yeah. they're forced I'm to touch I'm just going to keep up. doing it the way I have you know, Now they've got to <laughs> yeah. paint the wall. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Haley's hardcore. That's why we we brought her here. So we don't mess around. So anyway, you cover a huge part of West Michigan, all of West Michigan. I go from Lansing over to Muskegon, uh, down to South Haven, and over to Kalamazoo. All right. So in all these areas, you you talk to stores like ours, Uh but you also will talk to contractors on job sites. I mean, you you, you do all kinds of things. Other end users, yep. So... Where are some of the great places that you've seen success with ScuffX? For the listeners out there who are thinking, yeah. okay, where where might I, you know, benefit from this? So the it actually is working out incredibly well for the intended uses, which are the kind of the institutional high traffic areas. So healthcare facilities mm-hmm. been re- very uh, remarkable. Um, schools they don't have to use the two part epoxies or the pre cat epoxies. Very, very scuff resistant. Incredibly easy to use again. So, what about in hotels? Okay, so all of those areas. Yeah. What about price? How does that play in? Because some, a lot of the times, most of the time, price is a big part of everything. Sure. And there's cheaper products than scuff X out yeah. there. Yeah, and there's so also much more expensive products. Okay, so you're are you you're replacing products that are more expensive with scuff X, or are you finding people that will? What, what, the, the, both of those things are happening. Okay. So we're, we're replacing products, two component of products that are scuff resistant, that are more expensive, with a single component product like ScuffX, that, you know, very easy to use, no pot life. And we're also replacing products that they were trying to save money on by buying something inexpensive and just repainting it more often. So, like places where Haley's been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people it up. kick the walls to demonstrate <laughs> how they scuff. Yeah. 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 So you see it all over the place. You yeah. were even talking the other day. Uh, you took Haley and I out to lunch, and how many appetizers did we order? Two. Was it two? <laughs> I thought it was three. I was stunned that we were going to get more no. food after that. It was three, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, I'm there, a, I there must not have had any of the third one. Spinach dip and the fried pickles. Yeah. Oh. I didn't eat anything until dinner spinach. the next night. <laughs> spinach dip is a vegetable. It doesn't count as an appetizer. Anyway, while we were there eating this massive array of food, you were talking about how you're seeing ScuffX used in unusual places in the sense of not what it was intended for yeah. usually. And you were mentioning trim. 
uh, trim. It, it, uh, I think some of the same characteristics that make it very durable for high traffic areas, um, hard, quick, dry, easy to use, have also lent itself to for painting contractors to use on trim, whether brushing, rolling, or spraying. Spraying, it's beautiful. And we also have a number of uh, um, do-it-yourselfers now that are putting it on their walls in their house, putting on their trim, putting on cabinets. Cabinets, even. Yeah, yeah. it's been absolutely phenomenal how well this product is working and how well it's being received. So holding up to like body oils on cabinets and stuff, or on the handles and things like that. I don't know how you use body your cabinets. Body oils, huh? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, maybe, look maybe, at my greasy little hands. Yeah, when I touch, we just call them hand, hand hand oils. <laughs> we don't refer to them as body oils usually. Really? Uh, yeah. That explains that, a lot. Those, those knobs <laughs> are made for your fingers. This is why to you open. got taken out of the store, Dan. Oh, uh, yeah. yes, because I would always use phrases and. People would recoil. And I just figured, <laughs> I guess they just must not know. But maybe they it could be you. are interpreting what I'm saying in a broader sense than I mean. Yeah, words mean things. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. two weeks ago, we were talking about retinal retinal scatter scanners on a door. You can't say it still. And I said rectal scanners, which is a whole different thing. Like, <laughs> way different. Yeah, they even wow. make rectal scanners now. <laughs> Retina. So, do you think, oh, where were we even going? The body, the hand oils. Can hand I call oils. them that? Yes. Hand oils. Mm-hmm. around. It's holding up to that? Yes. See, it's a very good question, Haley. I don't know why you're sitting there gasping for air. Oh, I can't stop <laughs> laughing. So, cabinets trim looks great Walls, brushed out yeah. rolled sprayed you said is really pretty yeah, very easy to use yep. and one of the interesting things is that normally when we put latex on anything mm-hmm. we would recommend a cure time of well latex can cure it can take about what up, up to, to 30 days yeah 30 yeah. days now it will reach most of its hardness in what would we say a week a week or so yeah. scuffx isn't quite like that not no, at all no it's a, it found out by accident um, we were doing demonstrations that scuffx doesn't cure to get its hardness and its scuff resistant it happens pretty much as soon as it's dry whatever process they're doing whatever components are going into this paint it has that scuff resistance immediately and what's nice about that is if, if you're painting a facility in a high traffic area, you're painting a wall, people don't w- wait a week to hit it with carts or gurneys or chairs or, yeah, or anything. Or they yeah. kick it. Yeah. <laughs> or they mm-hmm. kick it like Or Haley. I enter the yeah. building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So normally you wouldn't get that durability for a week or so. This yeah. As soon as it's dry, it's already more durable than anything else we've ever had. Scuff-X. Same price as a good paint product. Premium You're not paint, paying yep. way more. Yep. You can get it in any Benjamin Moore color. Yep. If it has a downside, the only downside is that it's going to come in gallons only. Gallons and fives. Yep. So, it's not a, not a product available in quartz nope. because it's not made for little areas. Once you find out what it's going to do, you're going to want to put it everywhere. It's interior only at this point. Yes. We've got it at any Repco Light Port City paint store. Stop out and check. We've got those sample boards. Yep. Ask about those. We'll demonstrate it for you. Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Are you going to come back again if we invite you another time? (laughs) Probably not. We're done. Anyway, thanks for being here. We'll be back in just a minute talking about the science of light and how that affects the color in our room. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned.
If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and let's talk about color selection. It's something we talk about a fair amount, and every time we do, we always go into this big long spiel. Spiel is that a German word? Sounds like it should be. Doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? let's say it is. Yeah, a spiel about how important it is to look at colors in your own lighting all the time. We talk about bringing samples home, looking looking at them in your lighting in different times of the day, painting color samples on the wall, on multiple walls mm-hmm. even, so that you can see how the the color looks as the day progresses in your space. We talk about that all the time, but we've never really talked about why. Why other do you than, do that? Yeah, other than that you, you could end up with the wrong color, but we've never dug into the actual, I guess I'd say science, mm-hmm. about why that happens. So now, on a Saturday morning, <laughs> let's talk about the science. Yeah, the science of light. Not all color selection has to be based on science, right? Most of it's going to be pretty intuitive. You're picking out a color that goes in the space, and it doesn't have to be that complicated. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it is complicated because you've got a specific room that you're really struggling with. Every time you bring in a color, it looks totally different than the color that you saw in the store. Why is that happening? Right. And you keep going back and forth, and nothing's working at that point. And so it is important for those situations to kind of understand what's really going on here. Exposures, the direction that the window is facing, really plays a huge impact on how that color is going to be perceived in your space. Right. And so the science of light, let's get into that. Isaac Newton, and we've talked about this on the show about a year ago or so, right when COVID started. When was that? March? Yeah. Yeah. And we went into quarantine or whatever. And so Betsy and I ran into this kind of interesting story about Isaac Newton and his wonder years, they were called. And all of that happened while he was in lockdown. Uh, It was 1665, the Great Plague. And he was at university and they sent everybody home and he's in his room. And what I loved about it is Isaac really thrived in the situation. (laughs) He he was not just introverted, but it says extremely introverted. Yeah. Intensely introverted. (laughs) Yeah. So this was like exactly what he wanted, you know, finally got away from all the people. But in his room, one of the things he wants to dig into is light. And he's got some theories and he ends up putting. Uh, some panels on his right. wall, on his window. He blacks out his window and drills a little hole in one of these planks so that he gets a beam of light into the room. And then he runs it through a prism. Right, that he actually had to make himself because at that point glass wasn't consistent enough for him to have a true experiment. It needed to be precise in order for him to split that light and reveal the color spectrum. Yeah, think about how fun Isaac Newton must have been to hang around with. He was extremely introverted, introverted and... The glass of his era wasn't good enough for him. I mean, you, that alone tells you everything you need to know. He was probably one of those people. One of those people. <laughs> Reminds me of me a little bit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he, he projects this light, this white light, goes into the prism, and what comes out onto his wall is a rainbow of colors. Right, that's the rainbow. Yeah, so we realize that light is composed of all these different colors. Yeah, this invisible world we don't really think of. And so when we see a leaf outside, Mm -hmm. not right now, but remember green leaves. I remember them. Yeah. Until that groundhog came. And then we got the winter storm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right after we said the groundhog wasn't terribly accurate. accurate. (laughs) Then the storm of 21 came. 
Anyway, green leaves. Green leaves, when they exist, we see that they're green because the light that's hitting them is a full spectrum. And the only part of the spectrum that's being reflected back to us is the green light. All the other colors of that spectrum are actually being absorbed into the leaf. So we see it as green. So if you would take that same leaf and put it in a room with a red light bulb, and that's the only light... It's not going to look green anymore. Yeah, it looks like brown, I think. Right, because there's so much less green in the light that's you know hitting the leaf, and there's not as much to bounce back for us yes. to see. So truly, color is just light. Right. So how does that play? You know, that's the science part of things. That's what's going on with all light. And Haley, you had probably an experience that most people are can at least understand. Definitely. You were trying to help somebody pick colors for a room and you just really struggled. Yeah. Even best, though you're apparently right. an expert. I'm an expert, but I struggled, <laughs> of course. Self-proclaimed, uh-huh. I guess. I've got a plaque. Do you? <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Signed so, it myself. So <laughs> my best friend, Amber, she is putting together a nursery and I was really excited that she actually asked for my input because I was probably going to give it no matter what. So at least she invited it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's always a little better. <laughs> and we're looking at colors at the store together and I told her we've got a sample. So we pick out three greens and we wanted the green to lean towards blue, kind of a bluish green. Mm-hmm. And we pick out some samples, one of which we're convinced is going to be the one. We get it back in the room. The one we thought is going to be the best is the worst. And all of the greens look essentially blue now. So none of them end up looking like you think they're going to look. Right. So what's going on? What happened in that situation? In that situation, we actually had a north-facing room. So all of that warm spectrum of light is kind of missing to some extent. And you're really drawing out more of the blue end of the spectrum. So when I put that green in there, the yellow in that is lost. We're reflecting more of the blue end of the spectrum. So now my green looks more blue than green. Right. So we talked about how light has all of these different color tones within them. The direction of the light, the the angle that it enters our room, can really have a huge impact on what parts of the spectrum actually play out in the room. So like an east-west you know, scenario. You've got an east-facing room or a west-facing room. You get a lot of warmer tones. Exactly. You know, so the colors in those rooms feel really warm. That same color in another room, like a north-facing room, wouldn't feel nearly the same. It's not going to look the same because right. the warmer tones aren't there. A southern exposure is a fuller spectrum. So you get truer color representation in those, but they have their own issues. Yeah, you're getting inconsistent lights. Right. A north-facing room, they're, they're the ones that get talked about a lot. They've got a bad rap. Right, because they're tough to decorate with because you're missing so much of this warmer spectrum. Yes. And what you end up with is a space that can often feel cool, grayer, right. Mm -hmm. The blues are intensified. The warmer colors are minimized. All of that plays out. So what do we do with a space like that? How do we work around it and get where we want to go? Well, there are some good attributes of north facing rooms too. I mean, they get a bad rap, but there are some good qualities of the light that comes in and then it's really consistent. It's going to be essentially the same throughout the day. And Dan, you said the lab at Repcolite is actually in a north facing room on purpose. Yeah, so that we would have consistent light throughout the day and no direct light to interfere with what we're really uh, how we observe the color. I thought it was just to keep the the lab technicians from having to be viewed by the public. (laughs) The secondary benefit. Yeah, tuck them off to the back. No, that's terrible. I apologize to all our lab lab chemists. You're going to feel it on Monday. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's okay, though. They can take it. They dish out a lot of stuff to me. Oh, okay. Then you're just... It's fair. Getting even. Yeah, Yeah, that's my way. 
Me and Isaac Newton, I bet he was a get even or two. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't you think? I'm almost sure of it. Yeah. So there are benefits to a North facing. Yeah, it's uh, not all exposure. negative. Right. But there are some struggles. And there's a really, a relatively simple rule of thumb mm-hmm. to help you get where you want to go. And that's just this. When you're picking colors, go warmer than you think. Exactly. For a north-facing room. Yes. Yeah. It's just a good rule of thumb for those spaces. I mean, you're automatically going to go towards colors you think are true. And then if you just bump it a little bit warmer than maybe you're originally going towards you're kind of hedging your bets against how this blue light's going to affect the color in the space. Right. It's like playing the wind when you're golfing. Yeah. Right? All right. Take it into consideration. Yeah. So you know what color spectrum you're going to be working with in a north-facing room. So just veer a little towards the the warmer side of things, and you'll end up where you want to be most of the time. Exactly. So let's say you want to do a gray, and you don't want it to turn into a blue. What, What should you do? Go a little bit towards the beige. So essentially the grayish, that's what you're looking for for a north-facing room if you don't want it to turn into a super blue-gray. If you go with a cool gray right off the bat, it's going to end up looking super blue in that room. So really you've just got to go a little bit warmer. Colors like Revere Pewter or Edgecombe Gray, those are both great examples of those grayishes that would work well in that space. Now, if you're looking for a green, like my friend was for the nursery, mm-hmm. with that hint of blue, you actually have to compensate for the light in the room a little bit. Look for a green that's got more yellow than you think you want initially. And some examples in Benjamin Moore that would have been more appropriate for that green with a hint of blue in north-facing room would be something like Spring Valley or Desert Green. Right. Now, if you're looking for a beige and you want it to actually look beige and not lean towards the too cool side, the too gray side, the grayish mm-hmm. side, yes. you, you want to go, again, just warmer than you think. So a, a yellower beige is going to help you, like Lennox Tan. Gentle yep. Cream is an off-white that leans a little more towards the creamy side, and that's going to end up bouncing you into this off-white zone that you're probably going for. But on the chip, it might look yellower than you think you want to go. But right. in a north-facing room, that's what you need to do to get where you want to go. Exactly. Now, one other thing to consider is that it's not just the light that you're getting from outdoors. You can work with and use the light inside, the artificial light, to help you get where you want to go as well. Exactly. If you just pick light bulbs that have more of the warm spectrum of light, you're bringing in some of that warmth into the space again. So uh, light bulbs come in different color temperatures. And typically we say something less than 3,000 K will be warm white. More than 3,000 K will feel cool, will be bluer. Yeah, so we're looking for a soft white usually is what they're labeled as, I think, in a store. If you're looking at LED bulbs, there's the soft white, and that's going to have more of that warm spectrum we're looking for. And that will help you add that to that space where you're missing it with the natural lighting. It it will help. So just keep that in mind. The big thing here is remember, light is color. That's what we started with. And the direction that light enters our room has a huge effect on our perception of the color in that space. With a northern exposure, always go a little warmer than you think. And really, the, the big takeaway is what we always say. Always sample the colors, right? (laughs) It's going to help you make sure that you're going to get where you want to go before you've painted an entire room. That's always the worst time to find out that that's not what you wanted. (laughs) Anyway, we've got samples of all the colors that we talked about in the show notes. You can check them out. If you have any questions, give us a call. Chat with us online. Email us at radio at repcolite.com. Now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about tire pressure and... 
Yeah, that sounds riveting. You guys both kind of... <laughs> it's good. Okay. It's interesting and it's helpful. And yes. it's a lot it of stuff helpful. I was doing wrong. So that's all coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And, you know, this Sunday I was coming home from church and passing a person on the highway because I have a, a new vehicle and it's a great big truck. <laughs> Haley, you walked outside and saw it the other day, and you said it's an enormous truck or something like that. <laughs> I can't even that. see the hood of it. I was making fun of you because yeah. it's just ridiculous. I need to be boosted to get inside of it. <laughs> but anyway, now I'm better than everybody else on the road. Oh, yeah. faster, better, stronger, yeah. Yeah. higher I, up. Yeah. I don't mean that, but yeah, I can. I I don't have the struggles that I always had all my life, you know, with with snow or something. So I'm passing more people in a very responsible manner. <laughs> Still a very responsible driver. Anyway, I go past this little car and I, you know, the kids and I, I was snubbing the driver in jest, you know, just (laughs) because she, she was driving a car like I had. And so I was making fun. Anyway, I noticed they're driving on the, um, the spare tire. And so I quickly reined in any jest because, you know, now we're talking serious stuff because somebody had a very bad morning. Yeah. Well, then we noticed that the spare tire was completely flat. Oh, boy. And we realized, wow, their day is going to get even worse. Right. Now, that was Sunday. We get here Monday and we start brainstorming what we're going to talk about this week. And we're kicking around things like tire gauges and stuff. I was reminded of that story. And I thought, let's talk about tire pressure and stuff like that because... You know, I feel like it happens to me every winter where I come outside and one of my tires is like almost completely flat. It doesn't fail. Right. It, it is a strike and it's frustrating. And honestly, there's more um, concerning things and potentially even danger involved. Sure, there's safety issues. Yeah, with not having the right tire pressure. So first off, the importance of having correct tire pressure. You know, one of the things right off the bat is safety. The lower the tire pressure is, I think we've talked about this before, Dan, but the more tire the rubber is actually touching the surface yeah, of the road, right. which creates friction. Right. Not only that, when you hit a bump or a pothole or make a sharp turning maneuver to avoid a deer in the road, yeah, it's possible that the tire can come right off the rim. Come right off the rim if it's yeah. way too low. Yeah. Yikes. That would be a really bad day. <laughs> yeah. Really bad day. Because probably sparks and everything are involved when that's happening. Yeah, maybe. It might be pretty. <laughs> but it won't be fun. So, yeah, low tire pressure can do that. It can affect handling right. of the car. Uh, if, if it's too high, it affects comfort. And I do like to ride in style <laughs> and comfort. Comfort's big on pretty much every level for me. <laughs> but when you're, if it's too hard, the tire is too, too much pressure, it actually is a jolting ride or can yeah, be. Yeah, it will affect it for sure. Yeah. It can also affect wear, of course. If it's too low, the tires are just going to wear Fuel quicker. Fuel efficiency. Fuel efficiency. All of those things can be affected just by not having the right pressure in the tire. So it is important. As yeah. boring as it sounds, and I'm chastising both of you. I'm giving you the- Oh, really? The, the, yeah. Because you made it out to even be more boring than it is at the end of last <laughs> segment. But there's good stuff. We're helping people. Yes, that's what we need. That's to what we have to focus it's on. It's our mission, Avoid right? The danger zone. Yeah, we had, we need music for that. Anyway, so you got to find the correct pressure. How do you do that? It's th- pretty simple. It is simple, but 
a lot of us do it wrong, yeah. and I'm lumping myself in with that group. Yep, you did I not know to. about this little thing. No. What I would always do, and Haley, you said you did too, mm-hmm. we'd look on the tire, which is agonizing, because you're trying to find the little words that say what the pressure should be. Yeah, exactly. And finally you find them, and you fill the tire up to that, and it turns out that's entirely wrong. Yeah, whoops. The correct number, the correct pressure is on a little label in the door jam, the driver's door. Yeah, Every car knew? has it. Right. What you're actually, if you're filling it up to the pressure on the tire, you're filling it up to the maximum pressure that that tire is rated for. You're overinflating it. Overinflating it. <laughs> and there goes your comfort ride. There yeah. goes all kinds of tire things. Tire wear. Yeah. So it, there's a sticker on the door. And the front and back uh, tires could be they different. They could be different, yeah. Right. And it's based on the, the weight of the vehicle. Yeah. The weight distribution of the vehicle, the type of vehicle. That could be very different from the front to the back. So that little label is important to look at. Right. So check that out. That's how you find the correct pressure. It's on the inside of the door jam? Yeah. Open it up and there's a little sticker right there. Okay. How often should you check it? I would say every couple months. Every couple months. Especially when the seasons are changing. Yes. Because the colder it gets, Haley, you mentioned a car that you said it was always frustrating because it was always low. Like a couple winters ago... It was like every week I felt like, and it was a really cold winter. This was when I was living in Montana, actually. But the tire was completely flat when I came out. And I was convinced that, oh my gosh, there's something, I've got to get a new tire. That means on this car, I've got to get four new tires. All right. <laughs> Turns out it was just really cold. Really cold got your tire completely flat. Yeah. You had to be really on the low end of the it pressure in, to begin already. with. Probably. But it gets really cold in Montana. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't listen to that part of what you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the things I do. And it's very strange when we interview guests sometimes and I'll I'll have somebody and I'm busy paying attention to a million things except what that person's saying. (laughs) I'm not actually listening to you. And then I'll ask a question and I've had a couple that just give me the stare. Like, Like, what I was just talking about that, Dan. I catch it when I'm editing it later. (laughs) Oh, that's why they stared at me like that. Because I asked a boneheaded question. Anyway, so yeah, the the colder weather will cause the pressure to go down, and of right. course, when it's hotter out, the opposite can happen. Yeah, but now let me just back up real quick a sec and say the pressure is different, like you were just mentioning, whether the tire is cold or hot. So that little label inside your door jam is when your mm-hmm. tire is cold. When they're hot, they'll be about three PSI higher than what they are when they're cold. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind when you are checking it, whether the tire is cold or hot. And when you're checking it, we need to get a good tire gauge. That was one of the things, Dan, you were absolutely adamant about. You were kind of a tire gauge snob. I am. Just to let you know. I am with a lot of things. Tire gauges are one of them. I was just trying to be polite. Thank you. And keep my job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of different ones out there. You know, there's the ones that look like a pencil. Um, There's the kind that look like a dial. There's digital ones. My personal preference is the good old-fashioned analog dial. No batteries required, no batteries to go dead at an inopportune time. And then the other important thing is that it has a little button on the side so that when you use it, it maintains the pressure in the in the gauge and you can look at it easily. You don't have to be looking at it while it's hooked up to the tire. Mm-hmm. And then you just press that little button and it releases the pressure. Right. I know before with the pencil ones, I always bump the... Yeah, yeah you're pulling it out. Now yeah. you have to do it again. Right. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, we'll put a link in the show notes to that particular tire gauge or one like it. Yeah. That Under type. 20 bucks. Easily. Yeah, yeah. Not bad at all. And the last thing before we wrap this up is if you're going to be doing all this with your tires and you should be, make sure you include the spare 
in this yes. little go around. Right. So yeah, Avoid the you, problem of that person you saw exactly. last Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's all the time we've got. We're gonna wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you'll never miss another riveting segment. No matter what it is we're talking about. Because whatever it is, it's going to be exciting. I'm sure of that. We make it that way. Very important. It's our spiritual gift. <laughs> anyway, whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. All the Repco Light and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Dan Altina. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.